This is the Reading Teacher's Lounge, where listeners can eavesdrop on professional conversations between elementary reading teachers. We're passionate about literacy and strive to find strategies to reach all learners. Shannon and Mary are neighbors who realized that they were literacy soul sisters at a dinner in their Atlanta neighborhood. Once they started chatting about reading, they haven't really stopped. Come join the conversation. Hello, welcome to the Reading Teacher Sounds. This is Shannon Betts here. I'm here in the lounge, not quite by myself. I don't have Mary with me, but I have a very special guest with me today, Sarah Rich, and we are so excited to talk about Dakota Well Books and literacy and family literacy and lots of other things in that topic. So welcome, Sarah. Thanks, Shannon, for having me. I'm really excited to be here. So introduce, I, I don't think I did a good job introducing yourself. Oh, no, <laughs> so please so, describe yourself and your role in literacy a little better for our listeners. Sure. I'm Sarah Rich and I'm the founder and CEO of Just Right Reader. And Just Right Reader, we send decodables to families. We send them to school districts. Um, we write our own decodables because we want them to be something that involves families and kids and represents kids of color. Um, we want them to be funny. We want them to follow progression so the kids really make strategic growth. Um, and I used to be a principal for over 20 years and got into decodables because there just weren't enough good ones out there. My own daughter had a hard time learning how to read. And it was this wake up call for me that, wow, we are doing great in schools and trying so hard to help kids. Um, we need better decodables out there. So here we are. Just Right Reader exists. And um, we work with families and school districts to make sure they get decodables that are good for kids. So are y'all sending them out like, like every month, like a Kiwi box, like you sign up for a subscription and you get decodables in the mail or how does it work? So we have a couple of different ways that um, we make sure kids get what they need. So one is that we partner with families and they can buy a subscription. They send it back and forth every month. We send them the decodable that we think is just right for them. They send it back because kids, the truth is kids move really quickly. So you don't need them for very long, right? Um, so families kind of like that because they just get exactly what they need for their child when they need it. And so it's like a rental, like where they rental. can send the it's book a kind of rental runway for decodables. For decodables. Yeah, exactly. But with school districts, we want kids to just have it, right? We want to put books in kids' homes and put books that are right for them that have the phonics progression for them. So we partner with school districts. They purchase either decodables to go into their classroom libraries, or they can buy our family literacy boxes. And I'm especially proud of the family literacy boxes because I think it achieves even it achieves even more goals than having good books just in the classroom. So family literacy boxes, a lot of school districts buy them. They tell us their child, they tell us the reading range a child is in, they tell us the decodable work that child has to do. Then we send them books either every week, every other week, once a month for that specific child. And um, we try and make it really fun because we really want reading to also be not just the decodable work, but also fun. So it always has it in a fun book of fun that's like just fun literacy games, or it has a sketchbook where older kids write because we all know that sometimes older kids need some literacy help themselves mm-hmm. um, and decodable work themselves. So a big part for us is we send these books of 10 plus an extra fun book every week to kids um, and they get them at the school. They read them at school with their teacher all week and then they go home at the end of the week. Um, and then two weeks later or one week later, they do it all again. And we find it super successful for a couple of reasons. One is that at the back of every book, there's a QR code you can scan. And one of our reading teachers is doing a reading lesson, focusing on what skill that child is like needs to work on. Um, and it's a sh- super short lesson. It's just like kind of an intro. It just kind of gives that pop in for that child. 
we find parents actually watch the video with their kids. And then we get like a lot of families are learning to read with their child, which is kind of beautiful, which we didn't even expect was going to happen, Shannon. Mm -hmm. Um, And then... Well, I'll talk, I'll I'll pause. I feel like I've like talked a lot. No, I'm fascinated. (laughs) So those lessons are more like a phonics-based lesson or a vocabulary lesson? They're a phonics-based lesson. We first introduce the book so they know kind of what they're reading, give them a little book kind of like frame of reference. And then we move into, here's the skill you're going to work on with this book. Kind of give them the thoughts to think about as they do that and what skills to build. And they're super short because no one, our attention span anymore for watching a video is so low. Mm -hmm. So they're like one to three minutes. And then at the very back of the book, we leave for families or for teachers, some activities they can do with the child and some, what what the high frequency words are and what the decodable words are that we're working on. So the whole idea is that we want to make reading fun, easy, and uh, bring families in, make it easy for families. Nice. Who writes the books? We have a whole reading specialist team. Oh my gosh. You know, Shannon, when we started this, I was like, oh, this is going to be so much fun. We're going to write books. And then we started making it so that we had 10 books to send every week for 11 weeks for kids um, and at different levels, right? At different, like within different phonics bands. Mm-hmm. So we wrote over, I think we wrote like 400 books. I think wow. it's, I think they're still writing. <laughs> but um. But yeah, but it's kind of like, I don't know if you feel this way a lot, but I feel like I'm living my principal dream. Like this is, you know, my own kid had a hard time and it, um, it became personal for me, not just, you know, it becomes personal at school, right? With school, you really want kids to be successful and you take it really personally. And then when I saw it in my own home, my empathy for it kind of like grew, right? I was like all those families that I just kept telling them to read more, read to your child. And I feel like it helped me design something good for families because um it's what we had to do at our house yeah and like read more isn't complete advice because read what more (laughs) and if it's the wrong materials then it's actually not going to be that effective of a practice I kept waiting for school actually to send her home with the right books and they never did that's actually why we're here like we started making better books and you know, the other thing Shannon, that I feel really good about is there's just little social justice to what we're doing, not just not just helping kids learn how to read, but also all of our books have kids of color as the um, as like the main characters. So a big part for us was like, we're going to write books. We think the books out there are bad. We're going to write better books. And then as we started writing them, we realized like all the books that kids learn to read with have unicorns, have dogs, they have cats, which are great and kids love them. But like, what if kids learn to read with a book of people that looked like them mm-hmm. and, um, and they could just feel valued and represented. And so we kind of owned that. And all of our books have kids of color as like the main focus. So I, b- I believe in that mission very strongly. We had um, an episode a um, <clears throat> couple seasons ago about books as mirrors, doors, and windows. Sliding yeah. doors. Yeah. Yeah. And um I didn't, I had that kind of aha moment like years into my teaching where I just really, I didn't realize it, but I just only had books in my class library of, of characters that look like me, you know, and that I wasn't giving my students reading materials that represented them. And because it's hard though. when you do, I know when it's hard because there's not a whole lot out there's there. nothing out there. Right. Right. But once you do it and once you do find those texts and they are starting to be more prevalent, um, and you give them to the students, it, it like 
it's just incredible. I mean, those are the books that the kids will pick up over and over and over and over and over again. In that episode, I talked about one student, um, she only spoke Swahili and had very little English. So she was just sort of mimicking us as second graders all day long. But I gave her this book about Africa and she just read it over and over and over, just kind of flipping through the pictures. And one day she called me over and she pointed to a picture and she said, home. And that was the first word in English she ever said to me. I mean, that stuff like matters to us and matters mm-hmm. to them. And it's, it's heartwarming, right? You're going to remember that story for the rest of your life. Yeah. I mean, I it gave her like, a glimpse of home in a book yeah. and like, that's a gift. Yeah. So I gift. love that y'all do that. I love that y'all um, do and that. The other thing, Shannon, I mean, I don't know about you, but I've read those books that are like, it's a cute little Latino family and they have tamales. Like we're, we're doing like stories that no matter who you are, it happens in your life. So like yeah. my favorite is like Callie, the copycat. And like, it's just an older girl whose little sister copies her. And that happens like that in any culture, in every single, <laughs> every single home in America, there's yes. an older child whose little sister is like nagging at her and copying her. So okay, um, that's very thoughtful. So the themes are universal. It's just, just the happened. art that you're using is representation of the art and the kind of like, just the, the, the thought process behind it is how does this reflect different families and how does it resonate with kids and families? And so the school districts that are purchasing from you guys, are they, you know, districts that are diverse school districts? Oh yeah. We're sending to tons of, you know, San Francisco, Fulton County. Um, we're talking to some school districts right now in Florida to get it out there. So they're, um, we've had to do our lessons in Chinese, okay. Spanish, and we're starting to experience with them into Haitian now too. All right. Well, Fulton County's here in Atlanta. So that's good. Oh yeah, that's right. That's your, that's where you, that's where you are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And they've just moved to science of reading. Like they're getting all their teachers trained in letters this school year. They're doing some good things over there. They're doing a lot of innovative work and we feel really lucky to like, to be part of it. Yeah. They, um, they got really creative with like their pandemic money that, you know, every school district got all across America. They, they really like threw all that money into literacy um, more than other places that I've seen. It's really cool. They've hired, you know, reading coaches, reading specialists, getting the letters training, ordering like so many good, you know, research-based curriculum materials. It's really exciting. They're also, um, you know, we've been working in lots of school districts and every, every decision that I, I, we have with them, every conversation is very powerful, pointed and strategic. So mm-hmm. I think, um, there's some school districts that are really trying really hard. Yeah. Yeah. We say a lot on this podcast, when you know better, you do better. And I do think that yeah. places are slowly getting there. Um, yeah. so, well, and then what about families? Like, um, like I know, is this an expensive thing or they're able, like, if it's too cost prohibitive for some families, are they able to get a discount or, you know, that's why we created the district model actually okay. was because um, we knew that there were families that weren't going to be able to afford it. So mm-hmm. by partnering with districts, it, it helped it like it, it did everything for us. Right. We got to, we got more access to kids. We get to serve more kids and we get to be part of something that is a movement, right. That like, yeah we get to watch the the roar of it happening. You wanted so, the books in the hands of the children. Cause that's so that happens, allowed you right? to do it. Right. Um, so instead of doing like one family, one family, one family, mm-hmm. we get to do like 3000 families all at the same time. And um, yeah. Go ahead. And how far up like the phonics train do y'all go? Do y'all go all the way? It's like to multi-syllable words and things yeah. like that, like to get students to about a 
early chapter book level or yeah, no, the goal is to get a chapter book so they can do a multi-syllable, multi-syllable. And um, the part that I think has been most interesting is we, d- we changed how the older books look. Okay. So they had to look, they had to look more sophisticated for those older kids. Mm-hmm. Right. And those are more nonfiction based. So while all of our books, we, we really try and hold on to um, surfing families and representation, the mirror slat- windows and sliding doors, the older books, they just want to read um, nonfiction. Like that's yeah. all they want. Yeah facts give me as many facts as I possibly about can. like strange animals <laughs> or um you know a big volcano explosion or something right yeah cows yeah. have four stomachs I don't know if you knew that yeah so. <laughs> very cool well like I actually I had never heard of high noon books um have you heard of that company no know. I haven't um like somebody mentioned it on a science of reading Facebook group and they sell decodables and they sell a lot of decodables and they do that like high interest low reading level where it's um, books written for high schoolers at like a Lexile of 400, which is hard to find, you know? These are hard books to write is the truth. Yes. So that, cause it doesn't, you don't want it to sound robotic with just the. It has to sound conversational and you only have so many words to use. Mm -hmm. (laughs) There's an art to it, to writing them. Yeah. So anyway, um, I had never heard of that company, but they have, they have a lot of stuff and um, I don't know what y'all's are like. They all do only paperback. Um, and I think that make, keeps their costs down. You know, it's, there's no hardcover books. So, so we actually, for when we sell to schools, the, the books that go to schools, when, when you want it to be something that you can just wipe it really quick. So yeah. um, th- those are kind of like, they're not hardcover, but they're laminated really well. Okay. Okay. <laughs> And then the ones in the family literacy box, they're different. Yeah. Those are just a little bit more. Um, they don't have to have the laminate on them. They don't have mm-hmm. to be wiped. Like they're just like take home books that we really want kids to enjoy. Um, and kind of like use their pencil in, right. Like kind of get all like read a couple of times, use their pencil, put their name on it, like get into it. It's theirs. And how long have y'all been doing this? So we started, you know, it's so funny. We started pre pandemic. Like when I was a principal, mm-hmm. I was, this is when she was having a hard time. Um, and so we started 2019 before pandemic, um, and just have really kind of changed how we think about it. Like moving from parents to working with schools, to writing our own decodables. Um, it's been really a fun journey to see that, like, there's more and more that we feel we could be doing. So we kept growing and growing and, and, and meeting that need as we go. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's great. Yeah. I bet, I bet the family literacy boxes were popular during when everybody was quarantined at home. Yeah. That's what, I mean, that's what you need, right? The other thing I don't know if you should, and you've thought about this, but we think a lot about it is kids need actual books. Like mm-hmm. there's so many online libraries and that's wonderful and fabulous. And there's a place for that. Right. But or like, like the one page or little poems and things like that. And there's a place for that too, but there's something about yeah. holding a book and turning the pages and getting lost and ripping in the, the pages story. a little bit yeah yeah getting a paper yeah. cut mm-hmm. like so we feel lucky that we're sending like real live books um because the other thing is that our attention spans are so low i think it's part of because kids aren't like touching and feeling real life books anymore yeah and that's a way to build stamina and to build the life of a reader and that kind of reading identity yeah um, can, what's your website and can people like look at samples of your books on it? Yeah. So we have samples up on the website, um, just right reader.com, um, J U S T R I G H T R E A D E R.com. Um, and our goal is just to serve as many kids as possible. 
I think that's so exciting. I love that. Um, I mean, it's all of our goals, right? Like as if you're yes. a teacher, like that's your goal and you don't always get the opportunity to like, to do it, to, mm-hmm. to just go big. Um, so. And so we talked about like kind of the highest level you go, like what about the lowest level you go? Like what if you have um, a student who like, I mean, they maybe know the sight words I and like, and that's about it. So we have the alphabet letters. We have like a okay. whole bunch of sounds. So we have um, letter sound books and mm-hmm. those actually, those were really exciting to make um, because we did a lot of thinking about what's the research we want to do here. So they actually have a space at the very back for kids to, to write their letters um, because there's a lot of research that says that not just learning your letters and learning your sounds is important, but actually the, the, the brain connection to writing them really helps kids to hold on to that, their attention. Mm-hmm. So we designed it with that. We have a whole, we have two lessons actually in those. So one, let the front, the first lesson is like the letter and the sound and making the sound, um, and going through that because the more that kids hear it. And then the second lesson is, um, on, out of the formation, like how to actually form your letter and then writing it yourself. And then the third thing that we thought a lot about with those, that the research is really clear about, um, is that kids need multiple access to the same letter. Like sometimes mm. you need to see the difficult letters for a kid who's having a hard time three to four times. Like so, W and Y. U and Y, Q. You never yeah. know. He's like, who? I mean, Q. Like, why, why even have a Q, right? But <laughs> yeah. Well, or like G, because they G. always say the just sound for it. So, anyway, so those books we wrote more, cop- we're sending in our family literacy box more times. Okay. So for kids who are in TK, they're getting every letter and every sound at least twice. But for the harder ones, they get those three to four times. So, so we thought there's a lot of, a lot of our own research that went into like, who, who do we think is the foremost in this? How are we reading it? And how are we making sure that the books support that research? Mm -hmm. And what, what research are y'all looking at to kind of help you? So ours for that was Ray Ritzel did really nice job on pre-K work and um, how to help kids learn their letters and sounds. Um, And we actually sent our books to him. He's such a nice guy. Oh, wow. Awesome. (laughs) And then what about after that, like which um, high frequency set do y'all use? And We know we looked at everyone's, the Florida, we looked all around and like, we just kind of put it together ourselves of which ones do we think and listening to teachers. Like I, we love that teachers give us feedback. Okay. So we feel really lucky that we put our books out there. They tell us what they think. We kind of listen and hear. Um, and, and we're constantly changing the high frequency words because the other thing that has come out in research is. We need all those high frequency words, but also sometimes if you tell a kid a book, if like we need the word, I don't know, some of our books like need the word donut. That's mm-hmm. not really a high frequency word. So we right. just call it out. We're just like, this book's going to talk about donuts. So if you know it before you read the book, that helps for kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cause there's so, there's so few high frequency words and decodable words that sometimes we just have to put in like a known word and this book's going to support that too. Okay. But you don't promote like the guessing strategies or anything. Oh like my God. That. No. Yeah. It's we never want to do that. Sound out. And so I was just wondering if donuts showed up, if y'all had like a little picture of a donut. Yeah, a little picture. Yeah. Okay. And then we, also in that little QR code lesson, maybe the teacher will say. That's right. We're going to talk She'll about donuts in this book. You're going to see this word in this book. She'll cue it. We never want kids. Like the answer is that our books are written. 95% can be sounded out Excellent. because that's what we want for kids is that sounding out. And we want to train them for that. Right. So as mm-hmm. soon as we add in the guessing, it like totally messes them up. That's not mm-hmm. that um, we're past that. 
We all know yeah. better now. Yeah. No, we had Wiley Blevins on. Um, yeah. He's like my guru. And so it was huge to have him on um, early in the season. And he was saying that basically the text that you give the students is the biggest predictor of what strategies they're going to use. Like you actually have to go to the text level. And if you're giving them a decodable text, then they will decode. And if you're giving them this like, you know, kind of predictive pattern, pattern text, then you're actually encouraging guessing strategies, even if that's not what you're not trying to do. And I thought that was a really interesting way to kind of look at it that like, I don't know, you, you're, you're setting the stage for like what the students are actually going to be putting into practice. And they're going to be walking away with this, strategy you know basically just on the text that you've given them isn't it interesting like it's how intentional can we possibly be at all times right mm-hmm. like, even yeah. the choices we're making of which book to put in front of them matters right it, it does it does like is this a good use of their time is this the right one for them am i just Chronic, we need to work on right? exactly like does it make sense for this one to come after this one and so forth yeah yeah, yeah. um this is so fascinating. I love this. Is there anything else you want to share with the parents and the teachers that are listening? I just feel like we, I think we feel lucky that we're doing this work and, um, and hope that our decodables serve more kids and represent more kids too. Mm-hmm. That was another quote I had. Um, this is from Wiley Blevins, Catherine Patterson, the author of Bridge to Terabithia had said it. She said like, it's the luckiest job in the whole world that teachers get to put books in front of the hands of kids. Do you know that quote? Don't you feel that way though? I yeah. like really that that um that really resonates with me. Like that's yeah, and that's why when when it became my own kid having such a hard time, it really mattered to me to think through a solution that could have broader range. Mm-hmm. Like the notes that I've saved from students over the years are the ones where they've yeah. said, you know, thank you so much for introducing me to you know the Babysitters Club books, or thank you for introducing me to this book, and. That it, it does feel like an introducing, you know? <laughs> like, you know, it's so interesting what you're talking about. Um, we actually, in our family literacy boxes, every box of books is wrapped. Oh, think, it's a present. Yeah. It's like exactly what you were talking about is like, how do you, how do we make it so fun, so special for kids that even when you're reading a decodable, it's so special. It's like, great. Like, that's, <laughs> like, a cute, that's a cute little touch. I like that. I like that. Well, because that's what you're talking about is this like reading power and the specialness of reading. And I think that's yeah. when we designed it, we wanted that, that feel that like mm-hmm. that babysitter club, like, oh my gosh, another one of these. I got it. My decodables are here. Yes. Oh, <laughs> yes. yes. Well, And that's why we're doing what we're doing is because we want to open the world of reading to students. Yes. Yeah. Um, teach them the skills they need to be able to read it and then also provide them with materials so that they can practice it. So I love that the, your company's mission and what y'all are doing to provide those materials. Yeah. So, well, thank you so much for joining us in the Reteacher Sound and sharing what you do. I can't wait to get more of your books. I think I'm going to order some of the literacy box for my son. <laughs> he said, Cheers, This is really fun. Thanks for having me. 